Welcome to Alphabet Scoop, episode 122. As always, I'm joined by Kyle Bradshaw and Ben Schoen. This week, we take a look at what we expect to come from I.O. 2021. That will take up everyone's time next week. So, so yeah, it's just going to be a hectic week uh, next week. But before that, we have a, a small update on the ongoing Roku slash YouTube TV saga. Um, again, fight last Friday was another event, uh, the latest entry into that fight with Google pulling a rather clever, epic rebuttal in bringing uh, the YouTube TV experience just to the main YouTube app on Roku devices so that so that you can still, new customers can still watch YouTube TV like normal. So how does it work? Like, is it is it live presently or is this something they're previewing? They've started rolling it out, I think. I think I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it roll out to a few people. And basically, it's, it is what you think it is. It just opens up YouTube TV um, within the YouTube app. So they basically just mash the two apps together? Pretty much. Wow. Yeah, it's... That's- yeah, there's... They just put a button in the bottom left corner, and... Yeah, away you go. So... Is Google? I was going to say, it's actually not even uh, that complicated for them to do because the YouTube app, more than most of Google's TV apps, is literally just a web app. Mm-hmm. So this the, uh, this probably only took them a couple hours to put together. Oh, I'm sure it caught. It was in reality, it was a mad scramble, maybe. I don't know. For them to set it up. But yeah, they've been going at this approach of bringing YouTube movies, play movies into the app, and YouTube music is literally just a tab. Um, do we do we think this is coming to non-local devices? Like, was this just a preview of how Google wants to do YouTube on TVs going forward? I, I doubt. I doubt it because there probably is still benefit to running it through a separate app, mm-hmm. but it also just makes sense to do this. Um, it's like if they did this everywhere, I don't think anyone would complain. It makes sense to have it there. Uh, just like just as much sense as it does to have YouTube music there. Mm-hmm. It actually, it's the first thing that in my eyes has ever justified YouTube TV having the YouTube name. Yeah. That too. Oh, I. The best part about YouTube TV is that it's using the same player as YouTube, and that is the most underrated thing ever. The same video player UI and infrastructure. It's the best thing ever in the world. But yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I used the service for like a week and was not impressed. Really? Just- yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but I didn't really get it either. Like, it seemed expensive for what you're getting. It depends on what your priorities are. For like, my my family uses it um, because they still watch a lot of live TV and they still have like the DVR mentality. And for them, it makes total sense, and it's way cheaper than cable. Um, and easier Especially multiple uses. Yeah, and it's easier than cable. Oh, yeah, the multiple users thing is definitely a big benefit. Well, yeah, and just having it on more than one TV in your house, if you had a spectrum, yeah, that's what I meant, like spectrum and stuff, you'd have more, you'd have to pay for hardware. Yeah, which is, which starts to be monthly costs because they never let you just buy it. You have to go every month with it. (laughs) Indeed. So, yeah, um, Roku had a very interesting statement, to say the least. Yeah, Roku's response to this was uh, that this is clearly uh, an ev- evidence of Google's unchecked monopoly. Uh, and it's... <laughs> a lot. It's a lot. It is, yeah, it is a lot. And it's... 
I feel like we're doing a disservice to not give the verbatim quote. Like just the first sentence is, is beautiful to me. Google's actions are the clear conduct of an unchecked monopolist bent on crushing fair competition and harming consumer choice. It's ridiculous. Nobody's uh, on Roku's side. Like even Roku users aren't really on their side. I haven't seen anybody vocally speak up Roku. They were at the beginning when this started. Everyone believed Roku was a hundred percent telling the truth, and Google was wanted all of this stuff, and it was Google's fault. And it was like, unless you actually read between the lines of their stuff, it was pretty obvious that. It was pretty, you know, the gut feeling was this is Google's fault. It wasn't until Google came out and told their side of the story that everyone reversed on them. Like as soon as Google said, hey, uh, as soon as like the app was removed and Google didn't fully remove it and they said they gave their little side of the story and responded to it, it was pretty obvious that it was Roku's side and everyone turned on them immediately. And at this point, Google just holds all the cards in this. And as you pointed out, um, Roku's statement, it doesn't say anything about them removing the YouTube app or taking any of the actions because they can't. Yeah, there's no no other way to react to this other than just saying meaningless statements like this. Roku cannot retaliate against what Google has done here. Because if they did, they are definitively the bad guy, which they very much do not want to be viewed as. No, they I mean they could do it. They could they could do it. They could they could um, take a stance, as it were, and make it. They could pull an epic if they really wanted to. Here, they could try and just pulling the YouTube app and being like, "We're we're you know take the ball and go home," as it were. They they could do it. Could they though? Because I think a lot of people would just sell their Roku's if people. Oh, if, for sure. If YouTube, and that's the thing, Roku can't afford that. Like we were talking about last week, their only market is the United States, and YouTube is a really big deal in the United States. If Roku was like, if they set the precedent of if you don't comply with us, we're going to get rid of your app, that's going to strike fear in customers, and they're going to lose trust in that sense. There's just there's no way for them there's no way for them to retaliate where they're not viewed as the bad guy. Removing the YouTube app would be like the nuclear option for them because that would everyone would hate them for that. And Google has already prepared the uh, talking with partners to send out replacements for <laughs> yeah. Roku's. So also, they saw ahead of that. Yeah, and also if Roku were to remove the the YouTube app they would publicly have breached a contract that Google has publicly said ends in December. Hmm. So they have literally nothing they can do where they are not, where it's not going to ruin their relationship with their customers. Yeah. And yeah. uh, And the other big thing of uh, what happened last Friday was that Google said that if, they're in discussions with partners on providing replacement devices if YouTube TV access is lost on Roku. And we, we I guess we're assuming that means Chromecast at Google TVs for a bunch of people, but the, the planning is there. And I think that was the biggest threat they made on mm-hmm. Friday. Yeah, it, it really just showed how Google now has control over the situation and it's really up to Roku how it goes from here, which yeah. to an extent does validate uh, Roku's statement of them being an unchecked monopolist because it was that easy for them to put YouTube TV back in, in a way that Roku can't do anything about it. Kind of, kind of not really like they just leveraged one of their other products. Like, there are plenty of other companies that could do the same thing. Yeah, and I don't... It The end move of YouTube TV coming to YouTube helped the consumers at the end of the day. I, I, I don't think this was an unchecked, monopolist move in terms of hurting the end user, really. Yeah, and if anything, it could be viewed the other way around, too. 
that Roku removed their app uh, by uh, renegotiating the contract at the last minute, which was uh, hurting the competition because YouTube TV no longer works on Roku and the competition does and harming consumer choice because new people can't subscribe to YouTube TV if they have a Roku. So you could view it either way. Yeah. Yeah. Like it backs up Roku's statement just a little bit, but not in any concrete way. Agreed. Yeah. Well, I'm ready to continue eating popcorn and watching this unfold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I don't, is there going to be another movement? I don't. Yeah. I don't think so, personally. It's either going to get significantly worse uh, to the extent of Roku killing the YouTube app and then being viewed poorly on by that. Or Roku's just going to give in and sign the original contract, which is what Google is publicly saying they want. Yeah, and Roku would, and presumably get back some money from YouTube TV being on. Yeah, I mean, if they just sign the original contract, it hurts no one. Like, the only thing it hurts is this what two weeks of uh, restricted access. So. Should be interesting to see if we go through this all over again in December. So that's Roku for now. But before we talk about Pixel Buds and a few other subjects, a word from our sponsor. This week's episode of Alphabet Scoop is brought to you by NVIDIA's GeForce Now. With GeForce Now, you can transform nearly any laptop, desktop, Mac, Chromebook, NVIDIA Shield TV, Android device, iPhone, or iPad into an instant PC gaming rig when you feel that urge to play and immerse yourself in a new or familiar world. With instant installs and no driver downloads, you can start gaming faster. GeForce Now is powered by NVIDIA's best-in-class GPUs and next-gen technology. You can access the most demanding PC titles and seamlessly play with whatever device is nearest you. Connect to your supported store of choice and stream your library. Since you're making purchases on your personal account like Steam or the Epic Games Store, those titles will always stay with you. Join GeForce Now and start playing for free, or upgrade your membership for faster access to cloud gaming servers, extended gameplay sessions, and RTX graphics featuring ray tracing and DLSS tech. And just before the weekend, come back weekly for GFN Thursday, NVIDIA's celebration of the newest games and features streaming from the cloud to you. Head to geforcenow.com slash 9to5google or hit the link in the show notes to check out GeForce Now today. So, Google I.O. 2021. Again, uh, Google skipped last year entirely, but they're back in a virtual format. And as hyped... uh, Google has some significant announcements uh, next week. So we're going to start with Android 12 because so far going into this, that's what we all expect to be the biggest thing. Android 12 and its massive visual overhaul. It comes after, I would say, a few years of more iterative UI refinements and as they added more features and such. But hope the hope is with this new design, after, after having time to use everything, after having all seeing how people use the features that they've added in the past few years, everything will start to fit better together and feel more cohesive. So yeah, this UI. What are we excited to most see? Honestly, just some change. It's It's been a while. It's kind of felt... Like it, everything's been iterative since Pi. Like I mean, technically you could say that ten was a big jump just because of uh, dark mode, which is really nice, and I'm really thankful for it. But that was that's still in a sense iterative because it's just a dark version of what's already there. So it's just a, a recolor, as it were. Or this is, this feels a little more fundamental. It feels. Uh, a lot of things are changing all at once, including the the material itself, but we'll get to that. 
And I'm, I'm genuinely excited just for the beta at IO so I can start using it on a daily basis. I'm excited to, uh, I plan to put it on my Pixel 4 XL and go back to that for a while. I, I you miss haven't been that. using it? You haven't been using it on the daily? I'm on a Samsung, man. Oh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't justify it unless it's like actively available to people. So, yeah, I'm on my Fold all the time. So, I'm excited to like give myself an excuse to use my Pixel 4 XL because I just genuinely miss that phone. Hmm. Do you think they're going to be on multiple devices this year? Because I know... Last Past. year, they didn't do that. Yeah, they didn't do it last year, but they've done it before where they run multiple devices through. I, I could I could say last we could blame last year on COVID. What the? You, you're talking about the beta rollout? Yeah, the beta rollout. Could uh, be on non-pixels, was, you know? It was on non-pixels last year, just in a much more limited scope. And the Not timing one was... Big po- yeah. Yeah, it was just the timing was weird and the announcements weren't as big. Like, there were... <sighs> At least two companies did day one betas. I think Oppo did a day one beta. Yeah, um, that limited, like ten thousand people kind of way. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was definitely in less scope last year. But I, I would say it's probably going to happen again this year, and it's probably going the same deal. It's going to be OnePlus and Oppo and Xiaomi, and that's it. Uh, I highly, highly, highly doubt Samsung will even touch it. Hmm. Yeah. So, and even yeah. that, I wouldn't put it on my fold. No, it's not going to be ready because they have to do all their own enhancements on it. Indeed. So, are we... Let's see. I think from the leaks we've seen, I kind of think the biggest thing would be quick settings and the notification panel, right? In terms of how they revamp that. I am worried about some possible upcoming density changes to how many... Uh, quick settings tiles they allow on the screen at one time it's i'm very curious slash worried in the direction they're going there since it's such a common reuse part of any os yeah i feel like the density is going to change but they might make the section i don't know larger perhaps more more akin to the way that it is on ios yeah i'm not but on ios uh, no yeah on iOS, it feels like a full screen, a full screen takeover. On Android, it always felt so much lighter and quick. Yeah, on on iOS, it's a screen. It's it feels almost like an app. Mm-hmm. Where on Android, yeah. it feels like what it should be and what it is, which is a shade. Mm, it should be a shade. Like it definitively feels like that because you see the animation of it falling down. You still see your content behind it. Like, yeah, it shouldn't be jarring to to mess around for two seconds. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't be feeling like you're going to a new whole new experience. Yeah, I've. I've. That's one thing I've never liked about iOS is just notifications feel like an app, which is. <laughs> I I swear to you, I I can't Why? tell you how many times I've picked up my my wife's phone and tried to look at notifications and been like, I don't know how to do it. I do not know how to look at notifications on an iPhone. It's yeah. embarrassing for me to say, but I have no idea how to do it. Like every time I do, I get the quick settings and I'm like, this isn't what I want. <laughs> Where's where are the notifications? It's just different sides of the screen. Yeah. One is. one side is quick settings, one side is notifications. Oh no, that's really aggravating. Who thought okay, wow. The same person who thought it was a good idea to still have a swipe up on the iPhone SE for the quick settings when it's at the top on the new ones. That's infuriating. I don't know, Abner. I can't remember if you bought an iPhone SE, the new one. I have the original SE, so I. Oh, about it's. I hate that so much. Like with a burning passion. There's no way they can't. Yeah, it's it's the old paradigm. It's they're not going to spend any time. Oh, I I know they're not going to change it, but it's just like <sighs> the whole thing. iOS versus Android is they love to say, oh, it's Android is fragmented. And it's like. This is worse. <laughs> like, this is a core feature of the operating system that is different on phones sold by the same company <laughs> on the same version of the software. Okay, that was a tangent. I apologize, but grr. Fair. That's very fair. Okay, what else? The home screen. Well, I think the core, the core concept of the home screen is going to stay the same, probably, but icons 
uh, and the rumors are that the icons are going to possibly look very different and take on a whole whatever system theme you set. And I'll be curious how, well, first off, how Google's apps adopt that change and how they balance it for developers, developers wanting to control their brand versus allowing that customization that might be coming. It feels like one of those things like how apps have to find their own branding while still feeling Apple-like on iPhones, in, which is which are far more limiting. Here, we're, we're, Google's kind of introducing that same kind of thing. We have to you know, be good to the user, let them use the colors that they want to use, but also find your, find your own branding within that. Hmm. Hmm. And if anything, I don't think like the big players now like Google, I don't see them ever theming the Gmail icon to so that it can match a cover or something like that. Or Uber Ooh. or those companies. Costco, yeah. Amazon. I doubt that's ever happening. That would so, be jarring. That would be super to look jarring. at. Absolutely. But yeah. Then there's widgets, Kyle. Yes, widgets. Widgets are are getting a nice and a nice little shake up in that they're bringing more of them and just kind of making them look a little bit nicer. Like they they're adding rounded corner forcing rounded corners on them, which is in sure. a way nice. Kind of not, but kind of nice. It, it, it kind of enforces some uh, stability, some 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 cohesion between the different widgets on your home screen. They'll kind of they'll they'll actually feel like they're all meant to be there together. <laughs> so I'm, um, it's going. Uh, it's going to be nice. I'm 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 really looking forward to the conversations widget too because that that's a, a first party push on google's part you know just saying hey we care about widgets here's how much we care about widgets try this out i don't know i think i hope it's more successful than bubbles because that was a yeah that didn't go anywhere unfortunately no bubbles are the opposite of uh digital (laughs) well-being indeed that they're so invasive let's see the lock screen we expect that the so for the past several developer previews and betas, uh, people have been able to enable these cool walk screens, uh, different clock designs, clocks on the AOD, and all the cards seem to be lining up for you, at least on the Pixel, finally being able to change what your walk screen looks like. But we've also thought that about at least since and. Android 10, if not also Pi. I was it it's t- was it 10 that introduced the the text clock that was so, that was so cool? You know the it's 10 o'clock or whatever. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's time. It's it's fitting in terms of the whole customization push. Yeah, it would be nice. I mean, they've been constantly just taking another step and taking another step toward. Uh, further customization and then if the colors pan out that would be yeah it feels like time yeah let's dive into the colors what do we expect to see on the colors front well uh for one thing from what we've looked into it looks like apps are going to be able to have access to your chosen theme colors and by chosen we're not sure if it's actually going to be something you'll pick or if it's just something that's going to be based on your wallpaper or both uh but apps will have access to that color and will be able to use that to theme themselves if they so choose which is we'll see how that goes if it's going to happen we'll probably see a talk about it at io because that's a a big developer facing feature and a user facing feature so ben uh, samsung um how how much would you say that the average Samsung user takes advantage of all the customization options on their phone? Uh, whew. I don't know. 
Um, I think this Samsung phones are kind of the <clears throat> kind of like the. It's probably not the right word, but like the everyman's phone. Like it's not. I think it's the the customization features are there for like the two percent of people who actually care about them. Mm. Uh, like the enthusiast level, but yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, we don't because it's because it's not automatic. I think Google Zergen, if it is automatic, just based on your wallpaper, has a lot more chance of being used by more people. Yeah, so we expect Google's Google's level of customization. It's they're probably not going to do a theme store, but in <laughs> terms of well, on the again the Pixel, I'm not sure how anybody else is taking this. That that the styles and wallpapers app in the pixel launcher that's going to become so much more of a of an experience of uh, of how much you can change your phone and i think that's that's the right amount of customization here yeah i i definitely agree uh it'll be interesting go ahead i was gonna say it'll be interesting to see how samsung looks at this when it's time for them to roll out Android 12, if they'll adopt it at all. Oh, imagine if they ended up sharing that with the main everybody else. I mean, it's going to come down to... I think it's going to come down to how Google expresses this, because I feel kind of like this isn't so much an Android thing as much as it's a material thing, if that makes sense. Like, Material is doing this. I thought you were going to say the Pixel is doing this, honestly. No, I really think it's a. it might be a material design thing. Like, this might be a big piece of, of the next material design. I, I, I kind of see it more as an extension of what they've been doing with styles and wallpapers. Like, the ability to change app shapes and fonts, which people do, and screenshots always look slightly off in <laughs> imperceptible ways but yeah that's interesting um material before we dive into that do we expect any major new features that we haven't already kind of seen leaked like the game mode it's we expect that to come i would be shocked if there was anything we haven't already seen at least a hint of yeah. Just like yeah. the past several releases, everything's been kind of seen in the previews and just gets flushed out and explained in the beta. Yeah. One-handed mode comes to mind. I I don't think we'll see anything really big. Um, how about you, Kyle? Uh, no, I mean, I think it's uh, everything that we've had... <clears throat> Following the patterns of, of past years, I don't think there's going to be anything that would pop up in beta. We would have seen something about it by now, usually. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, that's for, on the phones. How about Android TV? As uh, Ben pointed out, they really started the developer preview cycle early uh, this year. What yeah. could they be adding? Well, yeah, developer previews, uh, we've never had it even remotely close to the developer previews for the operating system as a whole. Uh, what could they have? Honestly, quite literally anything, because there hasn't been anything in the previews that I've tried myself um, of note, and it's a little harder to kind of figure out what's going on behind the scenes on Android TV. Uh so yeah, they could have anything going on. I don't expect much. Uh, at at best, it'll be something like what, uh, like Android Eleven brought like some low latency features and stuff like that. I would say that's the most we'll see. I think most of I/O for Android TV and Google TV is just going to be focused on uh, optimizing apps and uh, stuff like that, and some messaging for the partners, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Google TV was the big moment. I don't see them, I don't know, loosening it up or allowing 
more customization there. I, I don't yeah. think that's the direction. The most I think we could see, like the most wild thing I I can imagine seeing at IO is maybe Google talking about some different uh, like supported form factors, kind of like they did a couple years ago with the JBL link bar. Just, you know, kind of talking about how that can be possible, but I really don't expect much important, like tangible news from Android TV, Google TV at IO, as much as just to, you know, it's good to see them talking about Android 12 for these platforms at the same time as phones. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Do you think they're going to talk about entertainment space when they're talking about Google TV and Android TV? Yeah. I would be shocked if we see the word tablet said on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, we we are, we know that it's based on Android TV APIs or whatever. Kyle, yeah. it's a watch screen device. It's not a tablet. It's a watch screen. <laughs> device. Oh, of course, of course. I would, uh, since that feature literally just pulls from the code that Android TV uses. I highly, highly doubt we will see even the remotest of mentions of it. Yeah. Because it's it basically requires no work from developers. It's it's using what's already there. If you have an Android TV app, you're built into entertainment space. Yeah. Basically. So, uh, material next. Kyle, uh, what do you... Okay, so when material... Design was 2014 announced on stage, and that was introduced the card and paper motif. Four years later, we had material theming, and that and that allowed more customization, more colors, more typography, that kind of stuff. Customization by the brand, yes, by the brand. And three years later, instead of four years, we were hearing this material next. What do we think the primary change is going to be? I think they're going to kind of shake up the... They're going to shake up the way that it's layered, I think. Like, we're already getting some hints of that with the, the new Google Discover on Android 12. The the It's less of a card. It looks a little bit more like the Discover feed. It's... I don't know. There's there's going to be more under and less over, if if that makes any sense. I hope this prediction doesn't come true, but if we're again just basing it on what we've seen with this this discover redesign, I think that de- density and having things be less dense seems like a motif here. And in the case of discover, it's taking away text description. Uh, additional text descriptions from stories and just showing headlines. It's getting rid of cards so that you don't need to do any padding on the left and right. It it seems like it's making more use of the screen, maximizing everything, but at the same time, they're not doing it to show more information. And that's a trend that seems to be creeping up on Android 12, and I'm I'm not here for that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I think that at least in the case of Discover, it might be maybe something they've done studies on to show that it increases the tap rate or something. Like mm-hmm. if you have a little bit less information, you want to tap through to learn a little bit more. Maybe. But maybe. It's uh hard to say. It, I'm okay with the way that it looks, to be honest with you. There, there's some things that, that that are taking some getting used to, like the the new um, the new volume adjuster is. Yeah, weird. I it it doesn't make sense. Well, it I mean it's a waste of space. Okay, look at the off state when not the off state. Sorry, when it's zero percent volume or whatever. It's I. It's not obvious. They're using color. yeah. Okay. Um, when volume is on or of any increment, it's a blue. This the pill shaped slider is blue, but when it's off, it's white and there's an icon strike through. I just it doesn't it's more touch friendly, large touch targets, obviously, but it doesn't make sense in terms of that doesn't look like off. That's still 
a lot of the slide that is still filled in. Yeah, and there's no way to judge like roughly how high you have the volume turned up. Yeah, it's it's it, you're not just because of where the start point is. It's hard to tell where you are in the bar. It requires a lot of training of a lot of new training users and how to use it. And I'm curious what the education around that looks looks like. But yeah. Do we expect any other themes? Mm, I mean, more roundedness. Everything is round everything. in this, but also kind of not. We noticed that, like, at first we thought that everything was round, but then we realized that that was because the default theme of pixels is circle. But then, if you change the, your default theme to be uh, to like rounded rectangle or whatever it's called. It's uh the the edges become less or the the roundedness becomes less pronounced. So I think I think the theming is going to become more relevant throughout the OS. I wonder if people appreciate that or or whether that's the expectation for normality. So I'm curious about that. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to differentiate it from the. Uh, to differentiate what is an Android 12 change and what is a material next change, mostly because we haven't seen too many examples of it. And what is a outside of Android? Like yeah, exactly. There's there's a lot of things that are happening all at once, and it's hard to differentiate oh what's I mean, from what. You saying that just made me realize if if the watch if the watch touch targets and all that uh, material next thing, I I don't know how that looks like on the web when you're controlling it with us with a mouse or a touchpad. Oof, that might be interesting. I mean, Material's usually pretty good about having different options that work better for different form factors, so... I'm sure it'll be fine in that sense, but... The thing that's interesting to me is that last year we had other apps showing signs of getting this new not last year, last time, like 2018, we had more signs of apps getting this new material before it arrived with Android. Like uh, the Google material theme showed up in Gmail and in, uh, I want to say Chrome. We saw it in Chrome, the beginnings of it in Chrome Uh, way before we had it. We had it way before Android did, so it's it's really tricky to differentiate what's what without having another app, which is probably still going to take a long time because it took a good long time for Google to get all of their apps onto Google Material theme from Material Design, so there's no telling how long it'll be before Material Next rolls out. Here's a thought. What if the apps are already Material and the focus is just moving the OS to... Sorry, if the apps are already align with material next as is but this current push is focused on the actual platforms that's just a thought i don't know because it it, if it's what i'm thinking which is that this new material is going to look a lot like the assistant snapshot view there's nothing else that looks like that it's 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 a very one-of-a-kind experience right now and i think that that needs to change like more apps need to are more apps are going to start looking like that personally that makes sense that makes sense so yeah uh next on the list is google assistant io is a big google assistant show it was announced at io it was all the major updates have come at io and we've we've just had a quiet year of fit of new features for assistant but nothing game-changing um, start on phones. When is the new Google Assistant coming on other devices? I think it's going to be selective when it does start coming because I think that uh, a lot of um, a lot of Google's uh, or a lot of the Google Assistant new Google Assistant things are based on on-device AI technology, which I think is really only in the flagship to mid-tier levels right now. It's not so much on other Yeah, phones. because I think the expectation, like last year at least, was like it would launch with the new version of Android. That 
that is one way to gate these features, um, have new, make sure new devices support it. But we haven't seen that yet. And I wonder if 12 is when they decide to do that, when they decide to do that push. It still won't be widely available if they just launch it on 12, but at least it gets it on more than Pixel devices. And it allows them to fulfill that vision of having a new interaction method with your phone. Yeah, and, and it would probably encourage, it would hopefully encourage developers to actually start working with the new Google Assistant, making their apps more readily compatible. You know, that we can say things like shmay shmoogle, uh, open, you know, play whatever in this app, and it just goes right to it. Yeah, it's basically Chrome. To a Chrome example is that you're able to pretty, you're able to navigate everything pretty well with your voice. Uh, from the NGA side. So, yeah, I do wonder what will, if we'll ever learn why it's taking so long to expand beyond the pixel. But as long as it gets there, I guess that doesn't really matter. If they plan to bring it there. I don't know that Google's ever talked about it coming to other devices. Yeah, that's, that is that is true. It's not like they promised it. It's just an odd feature advantage for the Pixel slash maybe they, if they don't control the entire stack, they can't easily implement it. So, yeah. So, on the, on the other side of system, the smart home stuff, uh, do we, what kind of announcements do we see that Google Assistant needs to make to stay competitive with Amazon? At I.O. Ben? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. The, the innovation has been... Everybody has met everybody else in terms of the smart home space. Well, maybe except Apple. But that's a long story. If it weren't for the... Like, Google has taken, like, a pretty clear stance on, uh, like, privacy... Like... <laughs> things that are kind of like pushing the envelope on privacy, like cameras and the nest hub and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They've taken a pretty clear stance of is if it's, if it's on the edge, they're probably just not going to do it. Yep. But something I would love to see that would be a little more competitive is kind of going, pushing further into like the kids thing that Amazon has been doing. Mm. Um, which it doesn't have to go to the extent of special hardware, but having some more features, in that sense, like that can be uh, like a you custom your, launch, a custom experience. Right? Yeah, like custom, going custom, custom kids. UI, and uh, maybe restricting certain functions for kids as a parent. Uh, that would be neat. And also, I think it was—I can't remember when we saw it, but there was this uh, thing about having roles as a. Uh, in the Google Home app, you could have roles for your family in Google Home. So that way, like, kids can't control certain things and guests can't control certain things. That would be great if they actually rolled that out. Hmm. But I can't think of much beyond that, um, aside from just ripping apart the Home app and making it less of a mess. Yeah, that's a yearly request. Yeah, that's a daily request. Daily request, man. I I honestly just wish the Google Home app would work. I'm on Android 12, and every time I try to do anything, it crashes. That is odd. That is odd. I don't... Yeah, I don't think I've been seeing that. But, oof, that's... that's like, if, like if I tap my Nest Audio, it just crashes. Oof, that is brutal. But yeah, uh, so the other part of assistant announcements at I.O. is usually something fun, and... We haven't had a celeb celebrity voice in quite a bit. Yeah, we had, uh, what was it? We oh, had John Regin and Issa Rae. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were, those, both of those were great, and I think it would be good to have a have another one. Or just anything cute and fun. that Just like uh, the, the pretty please feature, which I hated, but it was also cute and fun. <laughs> something like that. I think that would be really nice for, for Assistant. Something a little less intimidating than uh than or something less wow this is a scary future we're living in like google duplex tends to be <laughs> and here i was about to say that they need a new google duplex 
No, it's it's, it's scary. It's scary. So, so Google Duplex in Google Duplex is the catch-all for uh, technology that helps you accomplish repetitive, repetitive, repetitive tasks. And 2018 was the ability to call somebody, which I have used exactly once. But oh, you used it. Yes, I've used it to do a restaurant reservation. And I was immediately chided by a friend of mine who said, that is, why would you do that? Just call them. So we're still a long ways into socially accepting that. But duplex was 2018. The calling part, 2019 was duplex on the web, where it, you, it walks you to like movie tickets and restaurant reservations in apps. That was kind of less exciting. I'm just wondering what a 2021 exciting future, crazy futuristic moment looks like. Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, there's got to be something that's that's uh, something that fits the moment. You know, like it it wouldn't make any sense at all for them to roll out or to do the the same presentation they did in 2018, where you're getting you're making a haircut appointment. It just wouldn't wouldn't fly in 2021. So there's got to be something that that something duplex related at home, which I feel like they already kind of have uh, the one example that comes to mind, which is ordering food. I think they just did that not too long ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not sure what that would look like. Yeah, it's yeah, that's a curious one. Yeah. So yeah, Google duplex. I'm sure they'll have to have a wow moment. So uh, moving on to other stuff in the list, Google Lens is there. Google Lens has seen an update every single year at I.O. And I assume they'll add some kind of new capabilities, new filters. The last one was for homework and places. So yeah, most people don't use Google Lens and maybe... And I probably think that will continue to be the case until there's some deep Android integration. Honestly, Google just needs to market it. Just this past weekend, uh, we were with some friends and my wife showed Google Lens to someone there who had never heard of it. And they were playing with it the rest of the afternoon. It's like, if, if the Google just pitches it properly... People will use it because it is genuinely useful. It's just a lot of people have no idea it exists because it's buried inside yeah. of the app. Like it's not obvious. The icon doesn't tell you what it does. It doesn't tell you that it exists. Yeah. I'm curious what lens usage in Google Photos looks like because they literally put Google Lens in one of their most popular consumer products. And we still don't hear that much about it from regular people. Yeah, they just, they need to specifically market it. Yeah. I wonder what that looks like. Honestly, like, I think about things like, um, what do I do with lens in photos? Like, the button is there, but it seems useless to me. I don't know what it's for. Hmm. I still, uh, okay, I don't think lens is ever going to be one of these tools that you open up and use every day. Like I use it very, very rarely, but when I use it, it's, it comes in handy. Uh, and that's all they need to do. They just need to make people aware of this exists and it does, it it can identify things in a picture. It can identify text and copy it. It can translate. All they got to do is say those three things and say, here's how to get it. Basically. And that's it. They haven't. They need to do a Google Assistant level ad, Google Lens. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know when they'll consider Lens ready for that. I mean, it feels ready now. It absolutely feels ready. It's a very solid product. I fear that they might not do that until the likes of Apple and Facebook start getting to smart glasses AR as kind of a defensive play on Google's front, but that is far into the future. And uh, the AR that we expect from IO is just more phone-based stuff, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely a new, I'd say a new uh, batch of animals and things to play around with at home. Yeah, basically. That's what people are familiar with on Google Lens. 
they really need to do something between with Lance and 3D animals because I think there's a synergy there that might help boost Lance's profile. So yeah, uh, that's augmented reality. So Wear OS is... We know there are sessions about what's new in Wear OS and tiles. and Which means there must be something new about Wear OS. My God. Be, there must be something new after what we saw in 2019. So there was a report this morning about the Galaxy, Samsung's Galaxy Watch 4 running Wear OS. And it's been this rumor for months now. Um, we're not sure when the timing fits, but... It's definitely increasing. Yeah, it's been rumored off and on a few times uh, over the past couple of years, but this is like the first time it's like, all right, this really seems like it's happening um, just because of how much it's been said. But the big thing today was in this report, it was, of course, rough translation from Korean to English, so we don't, we can't 100% commit to it, but. Uh, it was an expansion for Google, which just sounds like something's changing. Mm. They're doing something. Expansion. That's an interesting word. Oh, Google will definitely pivot anything they need to pivot to make Wear OS appeal to Samsung. Because as soon as as soon as soon Samsung is selling Wear OS, it'll become the second most popular smartwatch or whatever. Because it just instantly, boom, Samsung, get people, everybody that buys Samsung and wants a watch is going to buy a Samsung watch that runs Wear OS and Wear OS is going to boom overnight. And mm-hmm. it'll become the better de facto. Like, it's kind of crazy that when people talk about what wearable you should get with your Android phone, that it's not, the answer is not Google's solution. And along before a while, people entertain Samsung and Fitbit as that thing that you should be wearing instead. That's a missed opportunity. Yeah. I think the other interesting thing from the report this morning was the reason why Samsung was switching, which was apps. Like that was just the blatantly given reason is the reason Samsung switched is because it's easier for developers to make apps for Wear OS than it is for them to make it for Tizen. Which is Probably unlikely. because of the Android basis. Uh-huh. So. Indeed. And Tizen doesn't seem like... Uh, doesn't. There was that report a few years, um, months, years ago, about the security of Tizen. And yeah, that was a couple I, of years ago, and it's it still hilarious. Months, it years, what's the difference? <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. seem sustainable, so... Which, well, I, I don't know about that. It's still the most popular TV operating system in the world. Yeah, <clears throat> TVs. I I guess the saving grace there is that the TV is just, those large screens, it's just a web platform, right? And it can get away with web stuff. Kind of, but it still has all the same security flaws, so... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why people have just decided that that doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> But apparently it doesn't. Well, you heard it here first. Ben's predicting uh, the next Samsung TVs run Google TV. There's huh. a prediction. That would honestly be kind of awesome. Yeah, it would be. It's it's people want it. it but I hide. No, it. no. That's the thing. It. That's the thing. Tizen, like the, what Samsung has done with their TVs, is it's great. Like every time I've tried it, I've absolutely liked it. But. Uh, yeah, it's just it ties in underneath. Has it was literally called basically it was called a laughing stock in terms of security. Hmm. I think wow. the the quote was something like if they let an intern do it. Wow, it's just yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So that's well, Wes. It, they have to do something at this point. Um, so and we can't wait to see what it is. And I guess the final point is. Well, in 2019, the last time they did this, there was a made by Google section. We, they have headphones to announce. That's clearly the case. But I don't, if, if they're just announcing that, I don't think that thematically makes sense for the event. I, that just seems too little. Yeah, that's, no, it's, it's too, it's not enough in the Pixel. 
5A is the only other thing that would make sense, but that doesn't fit the timeline that they kind of gave us the impression of. Yeah, if they can't announce announce it at I.O. and then wait, what, at least two months, six or eight weeks before actually shipping it, that would be weird. And kill the... It kills the 4A 5G. Yeah, which they've finally begun to start advertising the correct way. I, I don't I don't know... There, there's nothing that says that it couldn't launch more or less same day. Like, it doesn't have to launch in August if they announce yeah. it next week. It, they could do a same-day launch. True. But it would kill the, fi- the 4A 5G, which... I mean, it's going to do no matter what, because it's the same phone. Yeah. So that leaves the big question of what else could be in this made by Google section. I had a going theory that we would see some Chromecast updates, um, namely in the form of Stadia, but we just learned something today. Yeah, I was uh, working on a piece just kind of catching up with where we are about Google TV and Stadia. Reached out to Google to just confirm that the original timeline of first half of the year was... uh, still on track because that's only six weeks away from now. Uh, And they told me that it's not happening at IO. So it is still happening in the first half of this year. So in the next six weeks, but it will not be announced at Google IO, which is just a little Mm, unfortunate, but whatever. Now, mind you, we're recording this on, uh, mind you that we're recording this on Wednesday. So, and there's a, a chance that Stadia could announce something Thursday before we publish. <laughs> there, that is yeah, true. That's that's caveat that. And I guess the other Chromecast thing that would make sense for a made by Google moment is that Nest Audio integration. It would be nice. It would be something, but it doesn't seem enough of a thing to put it in with a made by Google moment. Like it, it doesn't justify the Pixel Buds A. Yeah, it really doesn't. A series, whatever. I don't know. It's we don't expect the Nest cams yet until the latter half of the year, which is wild. Which is wild, but yeah, I don't. Maybe software, right? Maybe that Google Home revamp we've been waiting for comes. But I'm just trying to figure out what they could fit into that time period because last year they really just mostly talked about how nest is becoming google nest but i don't know what level of announcement they can make this year i mean let me think i mean last time they they definitely uh they've rebranded one of the products too they could they could uh tweak that that'd be interesting like <laughs> rebrand yeah. something rebrand the rebrand yeah yeah, so yeah. Do we have any wild cards about... Are we going to get a musical guest, don't you think? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> well, wait, no, they would have talked about it by now, wouldn't they? No, no, they wouldn't have. We didn't learn until... We didn't learn who the musical guest was for 2019 until we were there and had the, the schedule in hand. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, so we might have somebody. It's just a matter of, is it live? Is it recorded? Yeah, that'd be fun after three days. Uh, uh, one wild card to consider is uh, Fuchsia, which people have asked me about, and I don't think it's going to be there. It's too, it's too close. It's too, things are happening for sure. And it's undeniable that things are happening, but things are happening too close to IO for it to be for IO. This, this, some, whatever it is that they're doing needs more prep time than two weeks. And it's, they're not, I don't think we're here for a public moment yet. No, I mean, no. Yeah, public, that would, probably overshadow everything else in terms of IO, or at least in the press and in the enthusiast, they would need almost a separate event to discuss everything or not. They they would have every announcement on the existing platform, so they have to be emphasized that this is the product for the moment. Yeah, when we, we 
we're expecting big things on all of the tent poles that we've touched on already. It doesn't make sense for Fuchsia to be the primary tent pole. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is a preview of Google I/O 2021. It'll be a wild week, and we will be covering it from Tuesday onwards with round the clock coverage. Until then, you can tune into Alphabet Scoop here every week. We publish on Thursdays. You can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms like Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes. And you can even listen on our site at 9to5google.com if you wish. Thanks for tuning in, as always. And thanks to Kyle and Ben for joining me. We'll see you all next week. Bye. See ya. Bye.